morning and uh, it's a great pleasure, privilege to be up here once again. Well, it's not a pleasure so much as a privilege. Um, okay, good, we're all set, just check. Yes, I'll just... Right, after that brief intermission for me getting it, here will be called. We're in the second week of Advent, and as you can see on the piano there, two of the four candles are lit. And um, we don't sort of often do Advent in this church, as Dave said last week, we don't often do it. Um, I mean, there's an expert on Advent here present, sitting over here, Davina. I mean, on a couple of, was it Friday? It was, wasn't it? Friday. Yeah, over at Holy Cross Roman Catholic Academy, um, had their Chris Tingle service, and there was Davina, sort of a roving pyromaniac, lighting lots of lots of candles. Um, I thought the place was going to go up. It was like a blast furnace in that church. So many, all the children made a Chris Tingle, a little orange with various things stuck into it, and um, Davina had to go and light. How many did you light about? 30 or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was a scary time. Davina seemed to be enjoying it. Anyway, we're in the second week of Advent. So these days, in our calendar, they're the darkest days of the year. We're getting, the days are at their shortest this time of year, aren't they? Um, we don't get many hours of daylight. Now, if you go further north, you don't get any light at all. I mean, people, some people up in Norway, it hardly gets light. In, in Iceland, it's sort of light for a few hours a day this time of year. These are the darkest days of the year. And you can't see very well. I mean, some days this last week, I don't know if you noticed, it hardly got light. It was so grey and dull. And that kind of sums up this time of Advent, that it's darkness, it's, it's not, you can't see clearly. But what we do know in Advent is that light is coming. And that's what we're remembering at this time of year. And Advent speaks of expectation. And Dave took us through the first part of that verse that we were, we were looking at. And he, he was talking about, you know, for unto us, what is it? What is it? I didn't really remember it. Well, a child is born and a son is given. You notice it's not a son is born because Jesus has always existed. He has not been born He's always the child was born, the child whose body he lived in, but Jesus, the Son, is a gift to us. The Son is given to us. The Son's not born. So the, you know these little things in the Bible. We need to pick up on those because you know the Bible is inspired by God, and a, a slip up like that is would be would change things, but. The child was born, 
that the Son was given to us as a gift. And this week, we're looking at the name given to Jesus. Now, you could say, we know the verse, I'm not going to read it now, we're going to go through it bit by bit, but he will be called, first thing, Wonderful Counselor. And there are four aspects to this name he will be called. But it's not that there's four names as such, because this is one person. And names matter in the Old Testament. Names matter to a Jewish person. And if we, we know that there are names in the Old Testament, things like, it's really the reputation of somebody is encapsulated in their name. And it's something that really has a great meaning for the people. So, so for instance, David means beloved. Abraham, father of a multitude. Jacob means deceiver. Not the best name to have. So if you, you know, so my name is, you know, Swindler or something like that, um, it would be not a great, not great introduction for you. Um, but it was the branding, you know. Um, Isaac means laughter. Moses means drawn out. And Jesus means Jehovah saves. God saves. But, you know, if you notice in, in the New Testament, there's this thing called the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruits of the Spirit, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. You can't pick and choose. You know, I can remember being on one of the one of these boys' camps I used to used to go help run. And, uh, you know, there was one, one evening, we had a sort of like, we had a little time together before they would sort of turn the lights out and then start playing up. Um, but there was one boy who said, oh, he said, yeah, he said, uh, what I really want, you know, because we were dealing with the fruit of the Spirit, and he said, uh, what I really want is self-control. I'm not too interested in the rest of them, but I want self-control because I need a bit of that, you know. And I said to him, you can't choose. God wants to put the fruit of the Spirit in you. So you don't just want self-control. You want all the rest of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, and all the rest of it. And for this, the name of Jesus, he shall be called. This will be his name. There are four aspects to what we're going to look at this morning. So wonderful counsellor. Well, you know, a counsellor, you know, you think of... um, Someone who's going to help you. A counsellor. Not, not someone who works on the local council and decides that there's going to be some new road signs. That's a counsellor. A counsellor is someone who's going to help you. And you know, what really immediately springs to mind is that you're going off, you go off to sea. So I'm off to see my counsellor. And uh, this is a person who's going to encourage, encourage you to talk. And they say, oh, hello. Hello, John. Do sit down. Take a little place. Now, how are you feeling today? Oh, well, I have to say, not very good. Oh, come on, tell me. Talk, talk to me more. How are you feeling? Oh, sometimes I just feel inadequate. Oh, you feel inadequate. Well, now how long have you been inadequate? No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I said, I feel inadequate. Oh, so you're inadequate, are you? No, and then, no, no, well, I mean, sometimes I feel really ugly. So when did you discover you're ugly? 
a counsellor, you know, that's not, I mean, that's just, um, counsellors, a lot of counsellors are very good. I mean, some, some, there are many gifted people who will counsel you in, in God's way in this, in this church. I mean, there are some who, I mean, I have even known, there are lots of different ways of counselling people. I've even known a member of this church who actually uses physical violence as a, as a method of counselling someone. I don't recommend, sorry Barry, I shouldn't mention that. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's not one of the recommended methods. Um, Barry may tell you about that one day. Anyway, but counsellors, going to see someone who can help you is very important. But wonderful counsellor is one of the aspects of this name that Jesus has been given. And as applied to him. Now, a counsellor in the Bible... We're talking about someone who would advise a king, a nobleman, a, someone of that nature. And, the, and this is not just someone who is it's not, a, it's not just someone who just gives some, some good ideas. This is someone who knows the politics, knows the, maybe even the um, battle sort of strategy. Someone who will advise, what sort of decision should I make? All our prime ministers and presidents have advisors around them. Some of them don't have very good ones around them, I have to admit. But counsellor in the Bible is someone who will, who will have such great knowledge of situations that they will give great advice to the king who needs it or the, the politician or whoever it is. And... People at the top do not work on their own. It does not all fall on their shoulders, if they're wise, that is. If they're wise, they'll gather people around them who can give them the correct advice. And so that's the, the kind of context that wonderful counsellor is, except there's this wonderful before the word counsellor. And that... Properly translated, it means taking the counsel to the miraculous, to the supernatural. That's what kind of a counsellor Jesus is being, being talked about here, was being applied to him. And this, this child is born and the son is given to us as a gift... How often have you felt you don't know what to do? You're at the end of your wits. You've thought about it, you've tried, you've worked through it, and you still don't know which way to turn. Well, the counsellor, the very wise person, who will take advice to the supernatural stage, to the miraculous is the one you can turn to. You can look into the Word of God. You can look into the Bible and you can read about situations that are there. You can get inspiration because the Bible is inspired by God. It is the Word of God. And the wonderful counsellor that Jesus is, is the one we can turn to in those 
times. Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But the thing about turning to Jesus as your counsellor, as your wonderful counsellor, is that he's not someone who gives you a few pieces of advice here and there, which you can either accept or reject. If you go to Jesus and you want him to be your wonderful counsellor, if you just say, yeah, I'll do this if you're putting conditions and Jesus is telling you what you should do. And if you don't, don't take that, you're really um, into disobedience. And the thing, the thing with that is that this world especially this day and age, the idea of denying yourself to follow Jesus, taking up your cross, deny yourself, follow after Jesus, that is a most alien and ridiculous idea. People don't deny themselves these days. The world doesn't do it, but Jesus will call us to deny ourselves, our own will, what we would like to do. He, he calls us to deny ourselves but to go through his way. And that brings far more satisfaction. That's the only way to bring satisfaction to us. So, first part of his name is Wonderful Counselor. The second one is Mighty God. So he's the Mighty God. So there is a confirmation in Scripture that Jesus is not just the Son of God, but he is God the Son. Um, various other uh, faiths who call themselves Christian deny that. They say, yeah, he's the son of God, but he's not, he's not actually God. Well, this says, in the beginning was the word, and the word applies to Jesus. The word was with God, and the word was God. And then it, later on in the same chapter of John 1, he says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So he is not just the Son of God. Jesus is not just the Son of God. Jesus is God the Son. And he's called the Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty speaks of you know, military, military warfare. And that's what we're referring to mighty God God who is mighty in battle and we know that this life for us is a battle at times and we know that the, we are coming against all kinds of forces which are trying to say to us that we shouldn't carry on as a Christian trying to say that we're failures a bit like the counsellor I went to see earlier on that it's, it's, we are surrounded by uh, opposition and my, uh, works of the enemy and yet Jesus has got this title in his name, Mighty God, the God who wins. Let God, let Jesus fight your battles for you because he is the mighty God. He will not fail. He will not lose. So don't try and fight them on your own. Reach out to Jesus. Call upon him. 
As the wonderful counsellor, he makes the plans. As the mighty God, he makes the plans work and he wins. The third part of this name, Everlasting Father. Now, this is in Colossians again. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether the thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And then this in John chapter 14, Philip said, he's talking to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Everlasting Father. God is the same yesterday. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. God has always been. He's been there from the beginning. He is everlasting. He goes from everlasting to everlasting. Who created God? The, the smart Alex asks you. Nobody created God. God is God. And that's all there is to it. Nobody created God. God is the one who's we've just seen all things hold together in Jesus. This, this world, this whole universe, so finely balanced, is all been put together by a, an intelligent God, a loving God, an everlasting God. And yet that everlasting God saw fit to come and put himself, constrain himself, into the body of a little baby and come to be among us. There's a story about a, a church gathering. It was a very popular church. It was probably well-to-do and quite a um, respectable place. Everybody was sitting there, all done up in their suits and you know, fine dresses and all the rest of it. The place was packed out. And there was a, there was a little time of silence in the service. And then the door, somebody, you know, you could hear heard a pin drop and the door swung open. And um, this young man comes in dressed in very sort of scruffy looking clothes and he, he sort of came wandering in and he looked around and, and everybody sort of turned around and had a look at him. And uh, he didn't know what to do. So he, he wanted to come to church, but he didn't. There was no places, no seats. Nobody got up and offered him a seat. So he sort of stumbled down the central aisle and he looking around all the time for a seat and he, he got to the front and... Um, he sort of got right up to the front row and there was nowhere to sit. Not like here, not the front row in our church where it's always empty because so, everybody wants the back row, don't they? No offence to anybody. Anyway, he came up, he got to the front and he, he saw there was nowhere to sit. So what he did, right in the front, he just sat down on the floor. I'm not going to get down the floor because I won't be able to get up again. Anyway, he sat... Oh, I'll do it. He sat down on the floor and everybody was looking at him staring at him and thinking oh what what is this because he was wasn't dressed in the same way as they were dressed and so nobody quite knew what to do before the service went on but then there was some noise from the back one of the oldest men in the church over 80 he was he was one of the deacons and he had a walking stick and the floor in the church was 
hard, had a flagstone floor. And you could hear this old guy coming, making his way towards the front, and this stick tapping on the floor of the church. And everybody was wondering what's going on. Oh, good. Somebody thought, oh, great. At last somebody's got the nerve to tell the bloke to sling his hook and get out of our church. Anyway, this old deacon got up to the front and he turned around and he said to this young man, he said, do you mind if I join you? And so the young man said, yeah, of course. And so the poor old fellow, just like me, struggling to get down, sat next to him. That's what God has done for us in Jesus. He, we, are, we don't fit very well sometimes. And he sent his son to come and to say to us, do you mind if I join you? And that's what he does. Even though he's the everlasting God, everlasting, he, he comes and he sits with us. Everlasting Father. He sees us in our need. He became human. He's the everlasting Father. The one who has our best interests at heart. The last bit, Prince of Peace. Last year we had, um, we looked at... um, Small beginnings. Well, you were two years ago. Um, Zechariah chapter 9 says, I will take away the chariots from Ephraim, the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. Isn't it odd that we hear the cry from some people from the river to the sea. And that's not talking about peace. That's talking about violence. But with Jesus, he will extend from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. Jesus is going to bring peace. We all long for peace. The prince is coming to bring peace. The prince in in the Bible very often would be also a general in the army. So once again, it would be someone who would have a military background, but the prince of peace, he's he's the military ruler who is going to bring peace. When Jesus came... Uh, on the hillside, the shepherds were out in the fields and the, the, um, the angels came and said, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace, peace on, to those on whom his favour rests. He came and he preached peace. And if you want to find the religion of peace, we have certain religions are de- deemed to be the religion of peace. The religion the faith that you're following with Jesus is the true religion of peace. He came and he preached peace for people who were far away from him and those who brought near to him. For though we have, we've got, through him, we have access to the Father by one Spirit. Um, yeah, that was it. Now, I want us to read 
I want to read to you um, this. It's, an ad, it's called an Advent poem. You know, we, we're yearning for peace. We want peace to be in the Middle East, in Ukraine, African states, there's wars going on. Men with selfish ambition. They just want power. They want just, just to be boss. And they bring conflict, war and suffering. So, if you want to know that our religion, is, our faith is the faith of peace, think about how Jesus suffered when he was whipped. Even though he was God Almighty, he humbled himself. He was whipped and thrashed tortured, mocked and scorned. He carried his own cross as far as he could and he was helped. Then he was nailed to it. And while he had suffered all that and his separation from his father, while he was on the cross, he said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Now, if that's not peace, forgiveness, wholeness, I don't know what is. So he, he went from the cradle to the cross, but next time he comes, and this is what we're waiting for now, he'll be wearing a crown. And he, will be, he is definitely coming back. Now, sorry about this, I'm, I'm going to read this Advent poem, because I thought it's just something that we can just ponder on. So let's just go through this now. Come, Lord, and cleanse us from our sin. Your new glad work in us begin. Remove our idols from our sight. Let us in you alone delight. Prepare us for your coming reign by washing us from every stain. Make known to us your holy name. Let us no more turn back to shame. Call us to you from every land and guide us with your powerful hand. Show us the path that we must tread. Let us by you with joy be led. Implant your spirit in our heart that with your breath new life may start. Take from our flesh the heart of stone. Let us rejoice in you alone. For your own sake, your love display, that we may worship and obey. Rebuild the wild and desert place. Let us acclaim your sovereign grace. So, at this time of Advent, week two, we're looking forward to the coming of Jesus when we celebrate on Christmas Day the most miraculous thing. Let's not lose that sense of wonder, that sense of amazement that God would love us so much that he sent Jesus to be our saviour. Let's take that time. We sometimes read in, the, in Scripture that Mary took these thin things and pondered them in her heart. Let's ponder these things in our hearts because of these wonderful, this wonderful name that Jesus has been given. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this aspect of Jesus that has been given to us. Lord, I pray that we would turn to you as our counsellor that takes us to the miraculous. Lord, to be our Father who looks after us, the mighty God who, who just fights our battles for us, and the Prince of Peace who brings that balm and that, that calm that we sometimes need so much. I pray that you would bring us back to knowing the greatness, the wonderful aspects of Christmas that we sometimes overlook. Father, just thank you for sending Jesus to be our Saviour. Thank you for giving him to be our friend, our guidance. Lord, I just pray that we would reach out to him and that we would give him, make him Lord of our lives. So, Father, bless each one of us, those who are here today, those who can't be here, those out in the, in the rooms with the youngsters, the youngsters themselves. Lord, I pray that you would just bless each one of us so that we can be your people in this world to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stay in that attitude.